Well, that's what you call anticlimactic. You uh, expect the game to happen. You expect the Reds to hopefully bounce back against the St. Louis Cardinals. And Mother Nature has other ideas. So we got a doubleheader. The first true doubleheader of 2021 for the Red Legs. They, they did play a seven-inning game in Washington because they had to suspend the game in the middle of the night and then finish it the next day. And then the second game was played as a seven-inning game. But this is their first seven-inning doubleheader of 2021. Going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the pitchers today for Sonny Gray and Wade Miley. And I've got some thoughts because this is the first real time that the Reds are playing meaningful baseball in the month of September. And I'm talking about a full season. I'm not talking about 2020. We're going to break all of that down on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get started. Oh, before we get started, make sure you check out the Spotify Green Room app. Download it on your favorite mobile device today and join me later this week. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They are changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Reds podcast on a day following a day when the Reds didn't play any baseball. And they were supposed to. So we're going to talk about this doubleheader coming up. We're going to preview the pitchers, a couple of guys coming off some good starts and why that might bode well for the red legs in this seven inning doubleheader. If this is your first time finding the podcast, though, make sure that you are subscribed right here to the YouTube channel or follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. If you're listening on the audio only version, you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. I do comments, questions, reactions, all that good stuff there on the Locked On Reds line. All right, we're going to start off today by looking at the pitchers for today. Uh, again, we were talking about a uh, game that was supposed to happen last night. It was supposed to be Sonny Gray and Miles Michaelis, but... Mother Nature had other ideas. So here we are. We are looking at a 70-inning doubleheader, something that the Reds had a good bit of success with this past season. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in this uh, doubleheader. Uh, Last year, they were 9-3, and and they have won their only seven-inning game so far this season, so 10-3 and overall. Coming into it, we've got Sonny Gray is actually going to start game two. They're shuffling things around, which means Wade Miley will start the first game of this doubleheader against the Cardinals. He's coming off a game where he got some revenge against the Marlins. A couple of starts ago, so two starts ago, he faced the Marlins his last two starts. Two starts ago, he struggled in the fifth, couldn't get out of it, only pitched four and two-thirds innings. Then in the follow-up game, He looked a lot better pitching seven shutout innings. He did allow six hits and one walk, but he had five strikeouts as well. He looked like Wade Miley that has been the Wade Miley all year long. Something to keep an eye out, though. In 2019, he was having an amazing season for the Houston Astros, but not quite uh, the best ending of that season for him because in the month of September, 
he had an ERA that you have to use a couple of hands to count. It was not a very good month of September to end him. And in fact, when the Astros went into the playoffs, they kind of used him out of the bullpen because of that. Now, he has been the Reds' most consistent starting pitcher all year long and quite frankly has a legitimate argument as staff ace for this year alone for 2021 as you know the Reds' staff MVP. So when you look at it that way, you really hope that that doesn't happen because the Reds need Wade Miley. And this seven-inning doubleheader is kind of tailor-made for the way that he's pitched this year. He's had quite a few seven-inning performances. Would love to see him get one of those quote-unquote complete games in one of these seven-inning stretches. But it's all been the cutter. The cutter and the changeup, he has done very well mixing those and dropping in the curveball every so often just to keep hitters off balance. But again, all year long, he has had the same MO, limit hard contact and limit the exit velocity that guys have whenever they make the contact that they get. He's not pitching to strikeouts. He's just pitching, trying to throw his best pitch and get the hitter to try and hit that. And more often than not, they're not. Uh, throughout his career, though, when you look at the matchups with the Cardinals, there's actually a couple of guys that have hit him pretty well. It'll be interesting to see how he matches up against those guys, kind of looking at a couple of fellers like Yadier Molina has over a 300 batting average. Nolan Arenado has over a 300 batting average against him. So it's going to be a tough matchup for guys that know Wade Miley. We'll be interested to see how the Reds can fare with him. Then coming up in game two, speaking of guys coming off a hot start, Sonny Gray was masterful in his last outing as well. If he can give the Reds, we've really got two good guys on the mound. The Reds starting pitching has been phenomenal as of late. I mean, Goody's last start, notwithstanding where he kind of got blown up by the Marlins, the Reds have gotten very good starting pitching and seven inning double headers just sound phenomenal right now with these guys, the way that they've been going. Sonny Gray, his last couple of starts have been phenomenal. In fact, in his last start, he was painting the corner so beautifully that the other hitters just never had time to really get comfortable and figure out what's going on. So I'm looking for more of that, looking for him to work that fastball, get that movement, the horizontal movement that he has on that, and then drop in the curveball when the guys are least expecting it. Hopefully we can see two wins tonight and the Reds can take the series in this seven inning doubleheader. We're going to break down the seven inning doubleheader thing. Uh, Again, it's one of those weird rules that they came up with for last year and for some reason kept this year. I wonder if they will maintain it going forward with the CBA. And I mean, there's so much that's up in the air with that. And we're going to talk a lot about it this offseason. So I'm not going to dive into that here on today's podcast. But I reckon that the seven inning doubleheader idea is probably something that they're going to talk about a lot this offseason. But we're going to tell you why the Reds like them here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I wanted to let you know about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is the app that you can download on your phone, whether you're iOS or Android. They've got them on both now. You can join me. You can join other media types, players, and different uh, all kinds of fans and stuff like that that are talking about your favorite sport. I've also noticed that they've got a lot of different uh, other things that are outside of sports, lots of Spotify green rooms going on there 
it's just a way to bring people together. It's kind of like the conference call you actually want to be on because you're talking about fun stuff. You're talking about sports, you're talking about baseball, you're talking about basketball, you're talking about whatever else is going on. I've seen some different things like reality TV shows, and it almost sounds like I'm doing a bet online ad, but I swear I'm doing Spotify Greenroom because they talk about everything there. Download the app today, create your profile, and link your Twitter. You can also follow me. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And when you get into the app, you will get notified when I go live. Planning to get on there later this week. I kind of got a crazy week. Maybe see you later this week or early next week. We'll try and have a room during the game, during a night game. That way everybody can get involved and we can just talk about these Reds and what on earth we can expect in the month of September, which by the way, we're going to talk about that later on today's podcast too. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. All right. So I mentioned it. Let's talk about it. Nope. Not that, that the reds in these seven inning double headers, the way that they have gone, uh, since their inception really have been kind of like this picture right here. One of my favorite pictures, one of any reds fans, favorite pictures of Nick Castellano standing over Jake Woodford. And in the sense, just dominating any and all St. Louis Cardinals. The Reds dominated the seven-inning doubleheader in 2020. They were 9-3, in three, and oddly enough, the Cardinals were the only NL Central team that they didn't play in a seven-inning doubleheader. They had the Pirates, they had the Brewers, they had the Cubs. They didn't get the Cardinals, though. And in their final doubleheader of the season, on September 14th at home against the Pirates, they took that too. You, you saw, it, and really their biggest weapon last year was the guy who won the Cy Young, Trevor Bauer. He was phenomenal in those seven inning double headers as he pitched quite a bit of them. Talking about pretty much a complete game in a couple of those. I think that's one of the reasons he led the league in complete games because they kind of consider that a complete game. I don't know why. It's only seven innings, but whatever. Here we are. It's a weird rule, and the Reds took advantage of it last year. But they won on a walk-off in game one of the September 14th doubleheader against the Pirates. Walk-off by Tyler Stevenson, no less. And then they scored a whole bunch of runs in game two and beat the Pirates 9-4. to But overall, they had the Pirates, they had the Royals, they had the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Tigers, and also, or and the Tigers. All of them, they played in 17 doubleheaders, and again, they went 9-3. and three. A lot of it had to do with the fact that they were just able to pitch very well and limit how much the bullpen actually had to get in and get their hands dirty. That's something that I'm going to be looking for tonight. We're going to be looking for, or today and tonight, really, this whole day. We're going to be looking for Wade Miley to pitch a lot, give us six, seven innings, something like that. It'd be awesome if he goes seven and the bullpen doesn't even have to get up. But give us six innings, and then you got one inning to throw your best guy and maybe have your second best guy ready to go. Hopefully, they can do that for both games, and Sonny Gray can pitch at least six in the second game. Because you'll have J.A. Happ on the mound, who's actually been, as Lucas Smith told us on the crossover podcast these last couple of days, J.A. Happ's been pretty good ever since becoming a Cardinal. And we saw him whenever he was with the Twins, and the Reds in that game looked all right. But what does he do now that he's in St. Louis? Did he get some kind of weird uh, voodoo magic going on whenever he got to Bush Stadium? Don't know. We'll find out, though, as the uh, the night leg of this doubleheader, the Reds uh, kind of get going. This will be huge because 
as I'm talking right now, as I'm recording tonight's or today's podcast, the Padres and the Diamondbacks just went final, actually, and the Padres won. So the Reds are no longer solely in uh, front for the second wild card spot. So you want to win both these games because you win both these games, you guarantee you get that half game back, no matter what the Padres do. This is important right here. This the series was always going to be super important because the final two series of the season this month with the Cardinals, this one at home, and then in a couple of weeks they'll be heading to St. Louis. But you really want to take care of business right now. You cannot come out of these double headers losing both of them for sure. You want to split, but honestly, you kind of want to sweep so that you take the series two out of three. You got the Tigers coming into town this weekend, so you should be able to really make some hay against them. I know that they're kind of trying to play spoiler for everybody, but still, that's a team that the Reds should beat. Right now, they got to take care of business against the Cardinals, and they got two good dudes on the mound ready for it tonight because I think Sonny Gray, like I've talked about before, I think he's reached that plateau of goodness, and he's ready to pitch at the level that we need him to. Doubleheaders have been kind to the Reds. All right, coming up, we are going to talk about the month of September in a full season and what it looks like for the red legs, what it could, what it looked like back then anyway, and hopefully what it'll look like for them. Now, before we talk about that though, I got to shout out built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've been telling you guys about them for a while now. They are made with 100% real chocolate and the statistics are amazing. They've got less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of fat and up to 18 grams of protein. Plus, we're talking about like 120, 130 calories. They fit into every single diet that you can think of, unless you have a like all water diet. They probably wouldn't fit into that. But anyway, whatever. I don't know that you could live on that. Yeah, something like that. I'm tripping myself up. Built Bar is amazing, and they've got amazing flavors as well. They've got nine different flavors that they continually have, including limited time flavors they like to roll in and out. I love Cherry Barcia. They've also got great flavors like cookies and cream, coconut. They've got mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. If any of this is making your mouth water, you're joining me right now because I'm getting hungry just talking about it. And if it doesn't make your mouth water, you got to check it out. And I got a promo code for you. Go to builtbar.com or built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. You can get a mix box, figure out what your favorite flavor is. You can build your own box and make three different flavors and get six bars of each of those flavors. Or you can just get a whole box of one flavor if you really, really like one. Check it out today. That's built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Also, we've got a new sponsor. We've been talking about them the last couple of days on the crossover podcasts. It's direct TV because this might sound familiar to you. You've got multiple devices going on. You got a one for the game. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You've watching your sports highlights on your phone, and maybe you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows 
all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV. Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device to required content varies by package. Sounds like a pretty good deal. You can put it all together on your TV. And speaking of putting it all together, the Reds have pretty much done that all season long. I mean, I know that there's been plenty of frustrations. We've talked about all of them here on the podcast each and every day. Again, if you haven't subscribed or you're not following, then you're missing out because I talk about the Reds each and every day, bringing you Red-centric content. But with the month of September coming on, comes mounting pressure for this Red Lakes team. Yes, they made it to the second wild card spot, but there's still work to do. They're not done yet, and it shows because they're fighting with the Padres, who are now tied with them for the second wild card spot. They've got the Cardinals and the Phillies nipping at their heels there for that second wild card spot. And we're talking about a team that's still missing Jesse Winker and still kind of searching for answers when it comes to a bunch of slumping dudes. Enter this doubleheader. Hopefully they can make some hay. But when it comes to the month of September, I, I mean, I love this picture. This has been one of my favorite pictures of the entire season. You know it. It's from Wade Miley's no-hitter. But this kind of encapsulates the feeling around this Reds team this year. They've been fun. It's been fun to watch Reds baseball and they have put themselves in the conversation. And it's funny because I was talking with Sully. You may have, you may or may not have listened to it or watched it earlier on this week, but I talked with him about the Reds because he's like, you know, they looked good, they looked all right, and then they disappeared for a while, and now they're back, and it's surprising everybody. And he's not wrong. I mean, there's still plenty of Reds fans that don't believe that this team is a contention team, a, a playoff-worthy team. But they are. They've got plenty of talent on there to make that wild card spot. And September is going to be interesting because we are talking about a full season in which the Reds are now playing meaningful, meaningful baseball in the month of September. This has not happened for a while. I'm talking about eight years. 2013 was the last time that the Reds played meaningful baseball in the month of September. Looking back on that, they went 14 and 12. Now they entered the month with a six game lead in that second wild card spot. Just so happened in the NL Central in 2013 was like the best division in baseball, or at least definitely the best division in the National League. As by the end of the year, the Cardinals were the number one team in the National League, the number three team in the National League was the Pittsburgh Pirates, who just barely missed out winning the division because at the beginning of the month of September, both the Cardinals and the Pirates were tied for the lead and the Reds were three and a half games out. And then you kind of, it was just a month of interest. I mean, 14 and 12, so they're above 500, but they really limped into the playoffs. And then you saw that stupid wild card game and Cueto dropping the ball and I don't know why I brought that up. That's bad memories, but they really backed in with a five game losing streak in which they lost two out of three to the Mets at home and they lost or they got swept by the pirates at home to finish the regular season. And it's interesting enough. They're going to finish the regular season this year with the pirates. It's just going to be in Pittsburgh this time. 
but they had a schedule that really featured mostly NL Central. You had two series against the Pirates, one against the Cubs, a four-gamer against the Cardinals to begin the month, and then you also had the Astros and the Dodgers peppered in there as well. But when I look at this team and when I think about like the different batting splits, they were, they were left uh, or led left. It's late. They were led by Shinsu Chu and Joey Votto, just as they had been all year long. But Todd Frazier was really their powerhouse that month. He was hitting the home runs. He had six home runs that month. Joey and Chu and even Jay Bruce had four home runs that month. But uh, it was kind of a uh, kind of a mishmash. Like as far as months go, this was a little bit of a lighter month as far as the runs were concerned. And it's interesting to note that's kind of where we feel like the lineup is now. The lineup has kind of slowed down, and I think that that is a general feeling around baseball. Most lineups are slowing down right now, but the Reds are really in a slump. How are they going to bounce back? And also looking back at 2013. It's interesting to note that the pitching was really good in September. You're talking about that 14 and 12 record, obviously, but a 3.09 ERA for the month of September staff wide, not just the starters and the or the relievers, which if you break that down even further, the bullpen was phenomenal in the month of September back then. 205 ERA. Of course, you're talking about Aroldis Chapman there uh, in Chapman in his prime as well. Uh, but I, I just, I loved that month and the fact that the Reds have not been here, the, the, this team. So if you look back on that team, who's still here, Joey, that's it. Oh, there's nobody else on this team that experienced meaningful September baseball in a full season atmosphere. I'm not counting last year. Last year was weird and it is going to stand by itself. At least so far as I'm concerned, 2020 is its own thing forever. That's not going to be anything that deserves getting compared to normal baseball, normal baseball. The Reds aren't used to this. And that's probably why we've seen some lackadaisical at bats. That's why we've seen some plays in the field that you're like, huh? Some base running blunders that you're like, what? That's because the Reds are a little bit new to this. And I know that Joey committed the base runner, base running blunder the other night. So that's kind of weird, but he's the team's worst base runner. So there's that too. But overall, the Reds are in a position that we've wanted them to be in for so many years. Hopefully they can complete this because I'm calling it a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. I understand there's going to be over 500 and they'll probably beat their over under win total. And, and, and there's, they're going to be contending for a playoff spot. And if they miss out on that spot in the off season, we're going to hear ownership. We're going to hear front office personnel be like, you know, gosh, darn, it was a real good season. And we did, we competed. We were in it. We were close. That's not what I wanted. That's not what we waited for. That's not what this rebuild was about to get close. We want to be in the playoffs. The, the contention window opened last year, or at least it should have. It feels like they tried to close it themselves this past offseason, but the players have come together and the team has really rallied around David Bell and played very well this year. I really want them to seal the deal. 
The problem is they've got a whole month's worth of baseball to do that. I know that their schedule looks favorable compared to the Padres and the Cardinals and the Phillies and things like that, but they got to do it. They got to go out and win because if you have bad at bats, if you have, if you try to take an at bat off, take a pitch off, take something off, you're just not going to do it. And they've absolutely got to be honed in every single pitch. I think they will be because I think David Bell can keep them there. But again, this is something new for David Bell as well. Just new, new, new all around for this Red Legs team in September to be contending for a playoff spot. But I'm excited and I'm hoping that we'll be talking tomorrow on the podcast about a winning double header. Hopefully you'll join me. Make sure that you're following the podcast on your favorite app and you're subscribed right here on YouTube. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.